Welcome to the Sharing the Heart of the Matter podcast, where we look for inspiration on the journey to discover what matters most. I'm Wynne Leon, joined today by Betsy Caracas, and we're going to talk about mountaineering, martial arts, overcoming challenges, and motherhood. Hey, Betsy. Hi, Wynne. How are you? Good. It's good to see you. I'll do introductions. I'm Wynne Leon, one of the founders and hosts of the Sharing the Heart of the Matter blog. I'm a writer, former mountain climber, mom, and someone who loves talking to others about their heart stories. And I'm with Betsy Caracas, my blogging buddy, author of several books, wife, mom of four, and practitioner of martial arts, specifically Taekwondo and Jiu-Jitsu. So we're here to talk about mountain climbing, martial arts, overcoming challenges, and parenting. Betsy, uh, so we've bonded based on these sports that are often male-dominated and full of adversity. Uh, I tell stories about mountain climbing, and you tell them about jujitsu. And here's my theory about what they have in common. They're individual sports, but they take place in a community. There's lots of ups and downs, and through repetition, they they create an ability to tackle big things, um, both literally and metaphorically. I think, you know, I would say with mountain climbing, you know, it's an individual sport because you're on a team, but they're, you know, you're surrounded by other people. And especially when it's all guys, I think the things, some of the things that you've written about that resonate with me is that you wonder, you know, would they be having a better time if it was, you know, not all guys and one girl or, you know, if you had, if they were a solid guy team or are you adding anything to their experience or taking away anything? Um, how does that resonate with what your experience has been of jujitsu? Yeah, I, I feel as though sometimes whoever gets partnered with me in jujitsu draws the short straw. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel bad. And I did, uh, last time I went on my way out, my instructor opened the door for me because I was on crutches. <laughs> we'll probably get to why that is in a moment. But yeah. um, on the way out, I asked him when no one else was around if he thought I was ruining boys club. Like, was yes. me being there? Did they feel like they couldn't just be themselves? Like they had to be on good behavior? And part of the reason was when I came late to a class one time, they were practicing and the instructor had turned on music, loud music for them to, you know, roll to roll is the term for sparring and jujitsu. And it was yeah. like this rap song. And he saw me when I came in and then I lined up on the wall to get ready to join in. And then suddenly an F-bomb was dropped <laughs> and he jumped up and said, OK, and time's up and ran over and turned on the music. And I'm like, I yeah. wonder if he did that because I was here, like if he right. was like, uh oh, you know. But right. then at other times, the guys will talk right in front of me and swear mm -hmm. and like I'm not even there. And I don't mean that as in they ignore me. I actually take that as a compliment because right. they're like accepting me as one of the guys. Yeah. And that's yeah. almost better to me. Like, you know, swear in front of me. Like I appreciate it, which sounds yeah, bizarre. Exactly. <laughs> you know that they're being authentic and you're not changing their experience. Right. And although and the other thing I think that um, is possibly problematic for them and any man listening right now might take offense at this but male ego because yeah. I can take them down <laughs> yeah right I've been in the class I had been in the class longer than anybody else at that point I was the senior mm -hmm. student I was the one being called on to demonstrate the moves I was the one being called on to walk around and help others learn the moves which was a very heady feeling let me just yeah. tell you walking into that room 
where all the guys are, you know, 15 years younger than me, twice my size. And I'm 105 pounds, but I walk yeah. into that room and I have the respect of all these men twice my size who know that I can yeah. take them down. I mean, what's a, not to love, you know? What's not to love about that? Absolutely. <laughs> so if I crush some man, I, yeah. I kind of don't feel bad about it. So. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So, yeah. So you've been, you just sort of alluded to this. You've been sidelined for injuries for the past four months. Yeah. Right. What has been the biggest challenge that that's presented for you? So um, before I started jujitsu, I was doing Taekwondo with my daughters. Someone, it was just sort of something I'd been thinking about. Ooh, martial arts would be kind of cool. And then I happened to be in conversation with someone who said, oh, well, my kids did Taekwondo at this place. Maybe you should check it out. And so I'm like, oh, you know, excellent. And then I asked my daughters, um, they, I'll tell you. So this was about a year and a half ago. So they're roughly 10, 12, and 15 at the time. Okay. okay. So I asked them if they wanted to do it with me. And um, there was some, yeah, no, and whatever. And I convinced them all and they love it. And so at the time that we started, there were lots of other students and lots of different belt levels. And it kind of dwindled to just the four of us. And oh, this wow. is, yeah, so this is not this guy's full-time job. This is just something he does on the side as like a ministry, a dirt cheap. Yeah. And, um, and just a, a church gymnasium that he borrows twice a week. So um, it was very special for me with my daughters that we were doing yeah. this together. We started together. We were all the same rank. We could practice at home together. And now they have moved on ahead of me and oh, they are yeah. rank above me and we can no longer all be practicing the same thing together because they've learned new stuff without me. So the hardest part, I mean, as much as I love doing martial arts, the hardest part is I've lost that, that bond with my girls. Right. So there's a special activity that you were right. So you planned and, and started on the journey together. Right. So I'm hoping that I can catch up. We'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. Um, and your foot, which was injured in a jujitsu test, right? Yes. Is is feeling better? It is getting better. I um before we started this, you had mentioned that you wanted to talk about a particular post of mine called dealing with adversity. So I reread mm -hmm. that this morning because I posted mm -hmm. that months ago and it was about the incident where this accident happened, even yeah. though I didn't talk about it in that post, so I saved that for a later post, but yeah. uh, what happened with my foot? So in jujitsu, like I was just saying, it was awesome that I was at the top, but I was noticing that others were catching up with me. And so I wanted to forge ahead and test before yeah. the other guys to get my next belt. So um, it was sort of like pride goeth before the fall and it just, you know, figures that I would injure myself. So yeah. I asked the instructor for a private lesson so that I could test. And um, it was hard. Yeah. I just want to break it down for people uh, real quick. The test is five drills and you have to perform these certain moves under five minutes per drill. There's different, there's like the standing moves and then there's the mount moves and the guard drills, which doesn't make sense to a lot of people, my apologies. But I was doing one of the drills, which I considered the easiest one that I thought, yeah. we'll start with this one, easy peasy, knock this one out in five minutes, then we'll have 55 minutes to do all the rest. No yeah. problem. Right. 
that is not how it went down. <laughs> we took the entire hour just to perfect this one drill. Mm-hmm. So talk about a humbling experience. And it was yeah. so hard for me because I was dying, like physically, emotionally, I was done. Like I was panting. I was so tired and we just had to do it again and again because the, it's so intricate and detailed. Each move has like 10 little details that you have to get exact Mm -hmm. and you can't miss a thing. So we run through all of it. Then we sit down and watch the film and he'd be like, Oh, your leg wasn't straight. We'll have to do it again. Or your elbow hit the ground before your shoulder. We have to do it again. And I keep getting water. My instructor, meanwhile, is like walking, talking fine. <laughs> I'm like, I had no idea. I was so horribly out of shape. I right. wanted to I wanted to throw in the towel after like yeah. the fifth time where I'm like, you're kidding me. I still didn't get it perfect. I just I wanted to be done with it. And he kept saying, you want to do it again? And I'm like, seriously, do you want to do it again? Like, it's just <laughs> such a repetitive thing. I would think he'd be so bored. Yeah. He's like, let's do it. You've almost got it. You're really almost there. And then the worst one was we finally did it. Like I could tell I had it perfect. He could tell I had it perfect, but the timer went off and it had stopped recording somewhere in the middle of the drill. So we had to do it yet again. And I'm like, I just don't want to be be done. It has to be videotaped? Yeah. Okay. He films it on his camera and we do it anyway. um, Yeah, it it was, it was hard. And, mm-hmm. uh, and somewhere in the midst of that, I was doing a particular move called a double leg takedown in case anyone is interested. And ironically, mm-hmm. it was the move that he had told me was my strongest move. Yeah. And somewhere around the seventh time or so doing it, I cut it too shallow and I bent my foot back toward my calf. Mm-hmm. And I just, I had to call a halt and I just you know, sat there for like two, three minutes for the pain to subside. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. I stood up and I jumped up and down a few times. I'm like, I'm good. The pain is gone. Yeah. And that is the beauty of adrenaline. Cause yeah. then it wasn't until like a half an hour later that I'm walking around back at home. I'm like, oh my goodness, something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I had no idea it was going to be a three and a half months of not walking, being oh. in a wheelchair. Finally, now yeah. I'm in a boot so I can walk around again. It's just, Yeah. It's yeah. been great when it's just. I'm great. so sorry about that, and 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 it's so interesting to me that that comes amidst drilling and trying to perfect something that you've been working on, and all the all the pain that you've endured for this for the sport. In in that post that you mentioned, you write a line that really stuck with me, and let me let me read it to you. <laughs> um, it was, um, it, your your instructor said that he was proud of you. And this is the way you interpreted it and is 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 how you write it. It was an I'm proud of you for sticking it out, for not giving up, for continuing to strive for perfection, even though it was hard and you were tired and panting like a dying dog in my ear. Though hopefully not the last part. <laughs> because you so true. a great moment of humor there. Um I mean that tells me so much about your resilience and your and all the things that, you know, while you're doing ju- jujitsu, you're really practicing something altogether different. Yeah. I mean, to me, you're practicing um, sticking with it. Yeah, not giving upness. <laughs> yeah, not giving upness. Yeah. Yeah. And- I've learned a lot 
from martial arts about myself. Mm-hmm. And it's it really actually started with Taekwondo, which I started first. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll tell you, the downside of doing Taekwondo with my girls is feeling my age. <laughs> we have to, it's a similar thing. It, instead of drills, though, it's for Taekwondo, it's forms. We have to learn the mm-hmm. specific forms in order to test to the next belt. Mm-hmm. So the first belt is a white belt, of course. And the form you have to memorize for that is like 12 steps. It, it's simple. And then yeah. I get to the second belt, the orange belt form, which is more like 25 steps now. And I was dying. I mean, this is only the second belt, but I mean, my girls, it's like they, they did it two times and they had it memorized. They had it down. And I'm like, I can't get this. Why am I even bothering? I'm too old. I can't, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. What am I thinking? Like my brain is calcified and I can't, like, there's no more (laughs) space for wrinkles to learn new things. Like I wanted to give up in that moment too. And I and I didn't, obviously, because I've moved on. I had experienced that all over again with the next belt, which was yellow. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Well, I managed it with the orange belt. And then I had to do it all over again with the green belt and then the blue belt. So it's taught me that you're not too old. You're right. not too female. Yeah. You're not too weak, especially with jujitsu, because uh, being a scrawny little white girl against these big guys, and and yet it doesn't matter if they're bigger yeah. and stronger than you, you can still roll them over and break their arms. Um, <laughs> so shout out to that for self-defense. Any women want to learn some self-defense, do jujitsu for sure. But um, it's like a, a new reinvigorated version of me that I never would have. Yeah. Like, I sometimes just laugh. Like, I remember... When I started Taekwondo, I'm like, this is this is kind of cool. Like, this is a cool thing that I'm doing. And as somebody who was always like the weird, dorky freak kid, you know, in high school, I think if only my high school self could see me now, she'd uh-huh. be like, seriously. And then when I started a second martial art that, like you said, very male dominated, very few female practitioners, I just laughed. Like, I literally was laughing. Like, who am I? Yeah. Who have I become? I've just been a mom for more than a decade. I just stay at home mom, you know, yeah. and now I'm like out there kicking butt. And that's um, great. And what yeah. a gift for your, your girls. And I imagine that's one of the things that has kept you going is that you can't let them see that you're going to quit. Right. It's, it's true. Um, yeah, they're, they are learning some lessons. One of the things I put in a blog post was about how I couldn't get down into the Taekwondo gym anymore because of the stairs Yeah, and how my sensei had said, well, just sit on your bottom and like scoot yourself down and then do the same in reverse going back up. And I, in a comment with another Taekwondo practitioner who reads my blog, she, I I said, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I don't want my children having that image of her mom scooting up and down on her butt on these filthy, dirty stairs. Like, you know, I just don't want them to see that and have that embedded in their brain. (laughs) And she said, well, alternatively, the image embedded in their brain is that of their mother who's doing whatever it takes to get the Mm -hmm. job done. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, dang, you got me there. (laughs) So. Some of the posts that I've enjoyed a great deal and then how you turn around jujitsu and then you taught it at high school or, or junior high. It was it was both. Yeah, yeah. that that's kind of how I was introduced to jujitsu. A friend of mine who works at the school 
um, where my daughter, my oldest daughter is in high school, sent out a thing saying that he was starting up a self-defense class where he was going to be teaching wrestling and jujitsu, which I had no idea what jujitsu was, and mm-hmm. self-defense. And it was going to be co-ed. And I thought, if it's co-ed, shouldn't he have a female counterpart to work with the girls? And right. part of Taekwondo class is learning some self-defense moves. So I just said, would you, you know, would you like me to help? I could probably help out training the girls. So he said, sure. And um, in that first class, he was doing what I came to discover what jujitsu was with the boys, which is essentially high octane wrestling. Yeah. And um, the girls and I who were just standing and kicking and whatever had all kind of stopped for a moment and were sta- staring there watching them because it looked kind of fun and, and really mm-hmm. neat. So I thought maybe I should check that out so that I can teach these girls if they're interested in it. So that's what got me sucked in. I went to a trial class. I was horrible, absolutely miserable at it. It was <laughs> hilarious looking back. And then I, after you take an initial trial class, you can go for 10 more days for free. And I'm like, well, they're free. You know, I might as well. Yeah. And even though I was just miserable at it, I was having a blast. It's very, um, it's physically challenging, but also mentally challenging mm-hmm. because again, you've got to memorize these moves and there's a saying in jujitsu that it's you versus you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's more overcoming your natural inclination to be a couch potato. You know, mm-hmm. it's so wow. much easier to sit at home than to get yeah. up, get your gi on, go to the gym and train. Um, so back to your initial, that's how I got into it. And then so I started teaching the girls what I was learning in jujitsu. And that is so fulfilling. Right. Teaching these these teenage girls how to defend themselves should they get into a nasty situation. I mean, God forbid that they ever do, but if it happens, they'll be able to stay calm. I mean, worst case scenario for any female is being thrown on the ground and having someone get on top of you. That Mm -hmm. is the nightmare. So if that happens, they can keep calm and Mm -hmm. they can put someone down. They can break his arm. They can put him to sleep and get up and run away. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if this whole journey started for the purpose of me being able to teach this to these teenage girls to save one of their lives someday. You know, I have no idea what will come of it, but, um, it, it feels good knowing that you're doing a service to somebody that could potentially save their life. Absolutely. And the confidence it must be giving them right to be able to do that. Oh, totally. I've been there. I, (laughs) yeah, I, my, uh, my sensei has gone to jujitsu classes with me a couple of times. And I was just telling them how at the beginning I was feeling like so empowered and then I could take on the world. Like, honestly, like I was looking for someone to cause me trouble just so I can show them what for, you know, (laughs) and he made this comment. He's like, so are you like walking down dark alleys with hundred dollar bills hanging out of your purse or something? (laughs) Like, no, but don't tempt me. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's hubris and overconfidence, but I mean, you feel like who needs drugs when you've got (laughs) jujitsu, you know, martial arts are amazing. Anyway, (laughs) that's wonderful. You know, so you and I met because you we were both blogging and you but you blogged for a long time and you joked with that you told the nurses in the hospital that your fourth <laughs> that your fourth child's name was blog fodder number four. <laughs> I what's did. Kept, yeah, what's kept you at blogging? What's what's the most rewarding part for you there? Oh gosh. Um, right. So it's been eleven years and I started because it was parenting is funny. 
www.wordpress.org. And I started just because uh, not only is parenting funny, but as you full well know, it's ridiculously hard. It's challenging. It is not for the faint of heart. Like it takes a special person to be a mother because there's no harder job in the world. And so it was like a way to get some commiseration out into the world, Mm -hmm. you know, share the funny stories because kids are are silly without even realizing that they're being funny. And, um, and just to, you know, share the bizarre things that happen, like a diaper blowout on your dress when you're, (laughs) you know, someplace where it's the least convenient place. Um, and other moms can relate and share their stories. So it was, that's how it began. Um, and um, I forget, oh, what's the most rewarding part about blogging? Thank yeah. you. I couldn't remember the original question. Um, it's, I mean, it's meeting people like you, Win. Mm. obviously. <laughs> it's it's making friends with people that I would not get to meet otherwise yeah. around right. the country, all over the world. I know we have a mutual friend in Malaysia. Yeah. I have a friend in Singapore who posts pictures of, of just the things that she sees on her runs. And I'm fascinated by different cultures. One of my favorite things is an ice cream sandwich stand where there's a a rectangle of ice cream in between two slices of bread. Like (laughs) that is a literal ice cream sandwich for them. Yes. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. uh, She can't fathom why that's so weird to me. I know, right? So yeah, just the the making of friends and the learning new things and um, people that I... This is very humbling, but I I realized that I can be friends with people that I wouldn't in real life think mm-hmm. that I would could be friends with because mm-hmm. occasionally some of my blog friends will say things that I disagree with. Like if they get political, I don't do politics, but sometimes yeah. they'll say something political or they're just say their opinion on some other divisive issue. And if I had met that person in a bar, say, and they had started mm-hmm. out that way, I would have walked away and said, that's not somebody that I could ever be friends with. Right. But like getting to know new people that who would not be in my circle of friends who I would have judgmentally written off otherwise, which is yeah. shameful to admit, but to realize that my, my, like in real life circle of friends is so small and narrow that I didn't think that I could be friends with somebody who thought so differently about things that I do. Mm-hmm. And yet I can, yeah. like they're actually nice people and wonderful people despite our differences. So I've learned yeah. that about people and about myself. And um, it, it's almost sad to think this, but it feels like I'm closer friends with my blog buddies that I may never meet in person than I am with some of my real life friends, right? You experience that too? I I do because you're writing about the things that make, that are vulnerable, that are, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of times when you're hanging out with your friends, you're going to do something and, you know, you're talking, but it could be activity related or, and you may not start with all the things that are so vulnerable that we write about. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And we get validation from our, I mean, you write such wise, thought provoking, soul searching stuff. I write silliness. You write hardcore things Ah, and, um, (laughs) and you get the, you get the back and forth interaction Mm -hmm. with others who help you really hone your Mm -hmm. thoughts and like chisel away at you know, your own personal way of thinking and and teach you about yourself and how maybe you could become a better person or a different way to look at the world. 
Yeah. And I don't do that. You do that. That's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you have such great humor. And, and I want to give an example. This is um, from your book that I've learned so much from. Uh, your book, Be a Happier Parent or Laugh Trying. Um, and I love this. And it, it, it sort of hit me right where where I live these days. Um, so let me, let me give you an example of a passage. Um, you say, sure, kids are tough. Like when one, when one complains that he can't find his glasses, then really loses it when you tell him he doesn't wear glasses. <laughs> Sometimes kids are crazy. I don't know what your excuse is, but for mine, it's hereditary. In those situations, you just need to laugh. Besides, laughing is so much more fun than crying or yelling. Plus, if you grab him and hug him and say, kid, you're hilarious, it will throw him off his game and maybe make him forget all about the imaginary lost glass. Right. <laughs> it's just brilliant. I mean, your humor. And, and you know what? I, I, I'm going to tie this back to martial arts. I think this flips things around just like a jujitsu move. <laughs> and I say that not knowing jujitsu. But you you can flip things around and make things funny and make life better for everybody involved. And that's what I love about your writing and your wisdom. That is incredibly sweet, Wynn. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, I think that that book, I could not have written that book when I was a new mom because mm. I, f I feel bad for my oldest daughter. I should have named her guinea pig because I made so many mistakes. <laughs> and even like I, I have just changed and evolved. I used to be such a psychopathic mom where I wanted everything to be perfect. I wanted all the toys to be cleaned up every night before bed. <laughs> you know, it stressed me out if I forgot to brush their teeth or, you know, if they didn't eat vegetables that day or something. And then, and now I look, I recently I was walking past the living room and I kind of stopped and I looked at the puzzles and the markers and the coloring pages that were left out from my five-year-old. And I, and I commented to my husband, 10 years ago, this would have really driven me nuts. And yeah. he said, I've noticed that you've changed. Uh, and he wasn't saying that in a judgmental way, just a, yeah. an observation like, yeah, you have changed. Like I've so lightened up and, yeah. and I'm so grateful for that. It just makes life so much easier. And, and yeah, a kid losing his stuff over imaginary glasses would have just been so hard to deal with, you know, at the time, but now it's yeah. just like, you just laugh. I mean, and again, that's, that was the genesis of parenting is funny is you just yeah. got to laugh. Like I'll just share this quick thing that just happened the other day. Yeah. My son and my daughter were playing together. My son who's five was pretending to be a cat and he was really bothering my, my daughter. And so she went to the other side of the room and said, you stay there. I'm allergic to cats. And he stopped <laughs> And kind of sat up for a moment. He's like, does that mean if you eat one, you'll get sick? <laughs> and like, and we all witnessing this, we're dying, you know, like that was such a silly thing and a funny thing to say. And he's just looking at us like, what? Like, what did I do? Like, kids are just honestly and genuinely and innocently funny. And those yes. are the things that you have to hold on to and, and write them down. Like, I think that yeah. another reason for the blog was sort of as a journal to right. record these silly things, because those are the things you want to remember. It's so easy to remember the mistakes that we've made, 
Yeah. Like I can still think back to when my oldest was a baby and it almost makes me want to cry thinking of the things that I did wrong. And I'm so grateful that they don't remember. And it's a shame yeah. that we remember. So right. I want to remember the good things also. That's really a key to being a happy parent right there. Yeah. Well, and key to being a happy anything. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Flip it around like a jujitsu move. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're uh, kind of at the end of our time. I'd love for you to give yourself a shameless plug. A shameless um, plug. Okay. Shameless, shameless plug. Give us your where we can find your blog, your books, sure. everything else. Okay. So uh, the blog is still, the URL is still parentingisfunny.wordpress.com, though I have since changed the name to Motherhood and Martial Arts. Is that what I call it? Yeah. Right. AKA MMA, because I, I write more about um, doing martial arts than anything than parenting yeah. these days. So that's the blog. And I uh, have three books. The one, the most recent one is Be a Happier Parent or Laugh Trying. And before that, it was 101 Tips for Marrying the Right Person. And before that, it was 101 Tips for a Happier Marriage, which has several foreign translations, which is very exciting. So if anybody cares, thanks. If anybody cares to see that, I'm, I'm, I'm on Amazon. You can look up my author page on Amazon. Wonderful. If you can figure out how to spell my last name, Betsy Caracas, but I assume it will be written for people. Absolutely. Have it in the show notes and links to all those in the show notes. Oh, thanks. So, Betsy, thank you so much for coming on this podcast and telling your wonderful stories. It's just such a pleasure to be able to talk with you as well as to read you. Oh, I'm very much honored, Winnie. Thanks so much for inviting me. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Our music is with a little help from our friends by Lennon and McCartney, performed by Carolyn Leon. Please visit our website, sharingtheheartofthematter.com, for show notes, resources, and more great inspiration.